Paige. Hey, Sam. What are we doing? Recording a podcast. <laughs> What's this motherfucking podcast name? <laughs> M3. Murder, mystery, and mayhem. Whoa. <laughs> Welcome, bitches. That's how I make you do it. <laughs> I was forced into this. <laughs> I'm awkward as fuck, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, so I wanted to correct a couple of things from the last episode. To correct a couple of things in the Kitty Genovese case, one, I got a couple of the races wrong. Barbara Kralik and Alvin Mitchell, the one that was accused and had admitted to killing her prior to Mosley's confession, they were both white. But... Annie Mae Johnson and Mosley were black. Also, I was told that I can't say African American because not everybody that is black originates from Africa. Africa. So, so if that is incorrect or if it is correct, please tell me. But let's do that nicely because... Mm, yeah, we want to be respectful you know. for sure. There was something else too. Oh, so as I was searching for pictures is how I found this out, by the way. Uh, because none of the articles that I was able to read talked about their race. Which, honestly, I do believe that it, it played a big portion on how the other two victims were kind of dealt with. Yes. yes. So, that's why I brought it up to begin with in the, in the previous one. But, Alvin Mitchell, the one, the 18-year-old that was accused, and then confessed to killing her. I told you before that he had to go through trial... And I believe that I thought he had been acquitted. However, I found out that he, the first trial that he had was deadlocked. So they retried him and he was found guilty, not of murder, but of manslaughter. What the hell? Because Douche Magoo Mosley was not tried for that murder. But he did it. But he did it. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of fucking sense. Yeah. So I tried looking him up to see if I could find anything what happened to him after he was tried and found guilty, but I couldn't. So I'll keep searching. If I do find it, I will, I'll update that. If I make mistakes, I want to try to, to correct those before we move on to the next. Sweet. Yeah. Good job, Sam. Yay, me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been following the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial? Amber Turd. Not I. Oh, you should. No, I've only seen bits and pieces on TikTok. Uh, but the ones I have seen have cracked me the fuck, like, the, the, the throat comment. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yes. <laughs> that was the best. I'm sorry, but that is hilarious. Like, who, who takes that as, oh, he admitted that he hurt her? Like, no. <laughs> he wanted to get his dick sucked. <laughs> is obviously um, either try, either believes that Amber is being wronged or or just being an asshole and trying to get, get views or okay, whatever yeah. out of it. But yeah. she was like, he admitted to hurting her. And it talked to, in the text message it was talking about how, um, I don't know, true love is going for the throat or something like that. It's something stupid. It's oh, fucking okay. stupid. Like, it was just, it, is that, that, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And then his little grin, and he was like, what did you mean? 
mean. And he had a... There's only one way to interpret that. <laughs> yes. But, oh, God, it's... Like, it has just been... I've been watching all of it, and I love it. And I love Johnny Depp. I'm just going to say that right now. I love him. And I am on Johnny's side, like, 100%. Which, the trial is about Amber Heard, like... The defamation. Yeah. How she mm-hmm. essentially ruined his career there for a bit. Right. Though it will, it will still follow him. And he said that, actually. Yeah. Like, he... I mean, she did that op ed piece mm-hmm. and didn't name him but we all know yeah. everybody knows that's why disney dropped him that's mm-hmm. why all that shit happened i mean i'm sorry but that is oh i know and yet she still got to keep all of her jobs yeah. and everything even though i mean it's just it's mess get angry <laughs> I, I, I it does it makes me mad so like i have been in a similar situation i won't go into it or anything like that but I'm, like, a super laid-back person. Like, nothing really makes me very angry, you know? Like, I, I mean... I can attest to this. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, super cool, calm, and collected most times. I do get anxiety, but that is from trauma. Anyways. <laughs> I remember being in a relationship similar to that, and I was not myself. That person pushed me to being explosive, being, you know, I went, I don't know if aggressive is the word, but. Reactionary. Yes. It was like fight or flight mm-hmm. all the time, constantly, 24 seven. Yeah. And I, I mean, I feel bad for Johnny because mm-hmm. you can, t- I mean, I'm sorry, but you can tell. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, maybe he did get aggressive too, but I believe that if, if. He did. It was because she pushed him to that point. Yeah. Tried to get the rise out of him, you know? Yeah. Which I know there is that one video where he's, like, kicking the fridge. He's angry. Yeah. And, of course, she's got to record him. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you get to that. You just, there's a point. But he's kicking a fridge, not her. Yes. There's just a point that you get to. Yeah. You just can't, you can't take it anymore. As shitty as it is that he had to live this, mm-hmm. I am... So very proud that he is taking it to this point and he's fighting back because mm-hmm. if you look at the statistics, which are exceedingly skewed because no man can get it can be abused by a woman and that's the stupid toxic masculinity bullshit right. that we all live. Mm-hmm. Maybe with him doing this, those statistics will start reflecting more accurate numbers because it'll give other men a voice a voice yeah mm-hmm. be able to reach out mm-hmm. i mean let's hope so because like you said not women are not the only ones that get abused but johnny is killing it in the courtroom he is god he is cracking me <laughs> up i love it <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amber Heard's I just watched one clip where Amber Heard her lawyer was up there and he was asking the questions mm-hmm. and then he asked a question and I can't remember who was on the stand but they go to tell they go to answer the question and he goes objection hearsay and the judge is like you asked the question 
it's your question. <laughs> and I was just like, oh yeah, my there was, god. There was an entire, like, full one-minute clip on TikTok about, like, just small bits where it was hearsay, hearsay, hearsay. Yes. And at one point, Johnny's like, I'm not going to answer this. We're just going to wait for him to say objection. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, uh, waiting for the hearsay. Are you going to say it? No? Okay. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is so crazy. And then, okay, I also seen where Amber is mirroring Johnny's All clothing mm-hmm. the next day. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I saw that, too. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I just watched a video, too, of, I don't know who was recording, but... Amber Heard got a, I guess, a protection order on Johnny Depp or maybe the other way around. I don't know. But Amber ends up showing up at the house anyways or apartment or wherever they were. And somebody is recording it and she's just like, you know, I just wanted to say goodbye. I just wanted to give you a hug, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, like, you can just tell how broken he is. And he's just like, leave. Yeah. Like, I gave you every. He, he says, I gave you everything. Mm-hmm. You don't fucking love me. Just leave. And then he goes to say... I don't know who was recording, but he goes to say, he talks to Amber's parents. He was, he, he's like, are you recording? And they're like, yeah. And he goes, well, Paige and David, I think that's what their names are. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that this didn't work and I love y'all or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you can just, I'm sorry, but Johnny, I don't know him personally, but after hearing all of his family, well, not all of his family, but his family, his mm-hmm. friends, just tell about him. Yeah. And then tell about her. Yeah. I just think it's funny because, uh, again, the few things that I have seen, like, he doesn't hide any of his, any, any of the negative things in his past. No, like, no, he, none of the drugs. He, he, fucking, he fucking talks about it. So. Yeah. He's like, what, I gave Marilyn Manson a pill to make him shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. That's perfect. And then he was texting Paul Bettany, and I guess something was going on, and I think Paul... Paul Bettany was like, let's burn Amber. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> or some shit. Like, I can't remember exactly word from word, but I'm just like, <laughs> that's just shit you say. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not, you shouldn't say that shit, but. The amount of times I'm like, I'm going to murder him. Listen, again, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tell my kids I'm going to beat them all the time. Do I do it? No. Obviously not. No, I don't. (laughs) They're they're bad kids. They deserve it, but they don't get it. (laughs) They're not bad kids. But yeah, so it's just I don't know if y'all been paying attention. It seems like the whole world is though. I need to uh, go back and and start watching it. I love it. Like the first, I was scared the first day because uh, Johnny Depp's sister was up there talking, and it was just it was emotional, Mm -hmm. and. At first, I think Amber's lawyer was, like, on it. Like, he was doing good. But now it's just, like, I don't know. He's yeah. just not doing so hot. <laughs> well, she's just an asshole. She? A narcissistic asshole. That is what that is. If, if you don't know what narcissism is, just look at her. Mm-hmm. And and listen to the, the things where I know there was one, one video that she had, um, or recording or whatever, and they were talking about how she had hit him. But I didn't hit you. Oh, no. No, I didn't punch you. Didn't punch. I hit yeah. you. Didn't punch, hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's the most... It wasn't a closed hand. Just bullshit statement I've ever heard in my mm-hmm. life. 
You're not yeah. you're not gonna tell me that you didn't you didn't punch me when <laughs> when you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gaslighting. Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on with this. We totally could. However, we will we will put a put a pin in that, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we will re- revisit this. Mm-hmm. Or if you want a full episode of nothing but us talking about the Johnny Jer- Depp trial, we could totally do that. Too. Uh, yeah, I can. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sam, tell me this super depressing story that's going to make me cry today. Okay, but before I do that, I'm going to piss everybody off. Okay. No. Yeah. No, we're gonna be we're gonna be angry today. We're not we're not gonna be sad. Just cry. We're totally gonna cry. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> the reason I chose the case that I did is because the state of Tennessee is fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah, they, um, also, before you start this, they, what, took pot off the table. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not legalizing marijuana now. Bullshit. Anyways, (laughs) keep going. So, here's the thing. I try, I try to keep things lighter for the most part because that's just who I am. I don't like the, the crazy drama stuff. But, if you live in Tennessee and you have not heard of this bill that they're trying to pass through the house, it's HB... 2779, let me tell you. It has pissed me off. Because I have dug through the House bill and I actually read the amendments and everything. Mm -hmm. There are certain things in there that they do not mention Mm -hmm. that the sponsors, like Rebecca Alexander or David Byrd, Bruce Griffey, and Tim Hicks. Fantastic. motherfuckers. All right, so this bill is in the most in the most generic terms that Rebecca Alexander, the representative, likes to use. This bill, if passed, will protect the unborn children in the state of Tennessee. In reality, the only thing that this bill does is allows other people to fuck with the person that chooses to get an abortion. Now, I'll explain why I get so pissed off about it. Because, honestly, abortion's kind of an iffy situation anyway. To preface, Sam has been a DCS worker, or a, a case work, a social case worker for... I worked for the Department of Children's Services for nearly seven long years. Long yeah. For nearly seven years. And so I understand that when people have children that they are not in the position to have, terrible things can and will happen. Don't get me wrong, that doesn't happen to everyone. There are some fucking amazing people out there that had such little support, and they are fucking thriving, and I still talk to them, and they're fucking awesome. But the issue that I have is this. In this bill, it allows the family members of the father of this unborn child to bring civil action against the person who chose to have an abortion. Now... If this pregnancy were a result of rape, the father could not sue the mother. However, his fucking mother could, his uncle, his sister, his cousin, any fucking body. Mm -hmm. And the way it was fucking presented, and I watched the videos, (laughs) because you can do that, by the way, it sounded like some fucking Joe Blow at the fucking 7-Eleven could overhear your conversation about having to go get an abortion or going to get the pill because this happened. If they knew you, knew where you lived, they could fucking <laughs> they could fucking bring civil action against you. 
Now, will it really go very far? Probably not, because some random person in the street going, oh, she had an abortion. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I doubt that would go very far. But that's beside the point. How do you prove that you didn't? Do you have to prove that you did not? If they bring a civil case onto you, how do you prove that you were not pregnant that and that you did question. not have an abortion? Now, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say, like, I have, I have two um, blood clotting disorders. Mm-hmm. And I've had two miscarriages before. Mm-hmm. So if I don't take my, and at the time I didn't know, but I have to take a low-dose aspirin every day. If I don't, it's potential for blood clots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Had my husband and I decided to get divorced while all of this was going on and, they, and it was already passed, mm-hmm. he could have taken me to court and said, she did it on purpose. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yes. So, now... Uh, the, the problem that I have is it's very unclear who gets in in this bill. It is very unclear who gets to sue, who is allowed to do anything. The only thing that Rebecca Alexander decided to point out was that if the child was a product of rape or incest or something of the sort, the father could not bring civil action. But the family could. But the family could. So, if you, if this bill passes mm-hmm. and you want to get an abortion in Tennessee, you better get a notarized form from the father and the family saying that, you know, this was a group decision about your body. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I don't know if you should go that far. It's not past the house yet. But they're, they're trying. I get, I understand what they're trying to do. Yes, I do It's too. not going to fucking help. But I understand what they're trying to do. But. Also, the thing is, it seems like the state of Tennessee only gives a fuck about a kid if it's unborn. Bam. That's the issue. That is the issue. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that our school systems are failing. It doesn't matter that... Foster care is... Foster care system is fucking bonkers. Adopting somebody. Adopting a child is fucking bonkers. It is. It's, It's fucking insane. So, I don't know why the focus is on protecting a fetus over protecting the people that are already here. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm So, I'm a very empathetic person. So, whenever I think about a little baby not being able to live its life, it kills me. But then I also think about this fucked up world and bringing that little bitty baby into this fucked up world with parents that don't want them, mm-hmm. potentially. Or, you know, it's just... If they can't take care of themselves, how are they going to take care of a small child that is absolutely dependent on them? Yeah. It's just... It's fucked up. It's a very fucked up... So not, not no matter what you do, you are kind of fucked. But and I definitely would not want to get sued no. for my decision. So... Thanks for coming back around on that instead of my fucking tangent. If the judge were to side in favor of the claimant, the person who filed the the lawsuit, they could be awarded statutory damages in the amount of not less than, not less than $10,000 for each abortion the defendant performs, induced, aided, or abetted. Now, I could not tell whether this, again... This is toward the individual themselves, but also it could be brought against the doctors. Brings up a whole new issue. What the the shits? (laughs) 
Or there's there's a couple other like legalese terms, and then also the cost and attorney's fees for the person that is um, that filed the the action. So filing for termination and adoption two years ago was about three hundred dollars just for the filing fees alone. Mm-hmm. That's not including the service fees and all of that stuff and the attorney's fees on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it could be thousands of dollars. Oh yeah, on top of the not less than ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that's insane. They did amend it after the one after one of the last times that they it was brought in front of the House Committee. The doctors do have some leeway in regards to the physical health of the mother and the child. Now, if the mother's health is absolutely just is going to be negatively impacted, like she could die by carrying this child, then an abortion could potentially be performed and no civil action could could result in that. There is a House representative, his name is Bob Freeman. It seemed like he was the only one that read it. He was the only one that was questioning it. Yeah, I think that's what I was watching him questioning. Yes. He, him There was only asking, one asking. other person, and um, I didn't get his name because he was like, well, I don't like talking about these things, but... Uh. Uh, the I know the, the video that I watched, which I didn't watch all of it, like Sam did. <laughs> yeah, Sam watched I, it like three times. Yeah, I found it. <laughs> I watched it. I sent it to Sam. Sam got super angry and started researching it. So I was like, eh, I'm just going to stop now. She'll tell me about it. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I think it was him, and he was, like, just grilling them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was. He was. Um, that's, that's Bob Freeman, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so he, he pointed out that his wife works uh, with women who are sexually assaulted in, in, a, in um, shelters and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he said one in six women are sexually assaulted. One in six. Yeah. If such an assault resulted in pregnancy, a civil suit can be filed against the woman or child because, you know, Rape is not um, exclusive to adults. Right. Uh, anyway, so it can be filed against the woman who decides to have an abortion. Or the 13-year-old who or was raped. Who was raped by their uncle. Sorry, I just made that worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, it's bad. Now, <laughs> Rebecca, Rebecca Alexander likes to point out that if an assault were to occur, aggressors, the aggressor, rapist, what have you, uh, could not pursue legal action, but... The family can. And I mean a big butt. The rapist mother, sister, friend, neighbor. Neighbor? Yeah. Neighbor. What the fuck does the neighbor have to do with anything? I don't fucking know, but it legitimately opens that up for any fucking one to to file a civil suit against them. Yeah. So not only would they have a woman who is already traumatized by the actions of some tiny dick man that decided to um, put himself on her... But also relive that after she chose a very hard decision of not continuing the life of a potential child. After being, you know, I mean, she probably has PTSD. Trauma. She has trauma. Trauma. Yeah. So they would have to relive that over again and justify why they did it. If a woman were to have a miscarriage at any stage of gestation, this could open her up for a civil suit. Because... Anyone can claim that she did it purposefully. Yeah. He said, she said. Yep. Just gotta prove it. And how do you disprove it? So the problem with this is it's going to make it very hard for doctors to do anything. Doctors who are there to make sure their patients are healthy 
Also, I just want to point out that the morbidity rate for women, specifically pregnant women, in areas that are most restrictive on abortions and have a clear lack of resources is, in, is exceedingly high. Just look at Ireland's history. And that is where we will start our story. Nice segue. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it the way I wrote it. And it's probably going to be real fucked up, but it'll be okay. Okay. Alright, so the story I'll tell you today. Savita is her first name, and I cannot properly pronounce her last name without butchering it horrendously, so I'm going to find a way to get the clip of someone who can say her name and put it in here. She was 31 years old when she was pregnant with her first child. She and her husband, Praveen, are... So they, they were both from India, and they had moved to Ireland I believe for schooling or something with Savita's uh, dentist stuff. Like, she was she was studying to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. And when was this? Back in 2012. 2012, okay. Okay, so I'm going to go over the document for the um, hospital's internal affairs review, essentially, because it's super fucked. Lovely. And I'm not going to go super in-depth. Like, I, it was 108 pages. And she read them all. I read them all. I took notes on them all. And I will share some of them with you. The reason I want to go through each day is so it is very clear what happened. And the neglect. And the, this is what happens when you put so many restrictions on doctors. I'm going to attempt to get through this without getting super pissed off and, and crying or whatever. You're already pissed off. I am pissed off, but I keep doing stupid shit, and it's like, bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Buckle up, buttercup. We're going to we're gonna start a couple of weeks before she went to the hospital. I've just, I've never heard this case, so I'm very in the dark. Well, I, I heard it from... Um, Murder Most Irish, and it was a really good episode, and they did cry. Like, ugly tear cry. I obviously did not make it to that episode. <laughs> I, I, I binged a lot of their episodes, <laughs> but I did not make it to this one because I don't, I don't remember it. Yeah, I, you would remember it. So, on October 11th, 2012, Savita went to her 15-week appointment, and everything was normal. Okay. They did their usual blood, urine heartbeat, all of those tests that, that they do um, around the 15 mark to make sure that everything was, was fine. She did complain about having some back pain and they made a referral to the physiotherapy uh, services and she had an anatomy scan booked. Her next uh, scheduled appointment was for December 3rd. However, just 10 days later, on October 21st, she and her husband arrived at the hospital due to extreme lower back pain. Mm-hmm. And she kind of described it as radiating to her pelvis. Yeah. So obviously something was wrong. Yeah. Obviously. After the usual vitals and urine was taken, they asked to have their uh, child's heartbeat monitored. After waiting for about two hours to have the machine open up enough for them to actually get to hear the heartbeat, they were able to. 
Um, the heartbeat was found, and it seemed to be fine. And and she was discharged. So what did they say about her pain? They referred her to the physiotherapy appointment that she was that she was going to. Yeah, and it's coming up soon. Unfortunately, about four hours later, she and her husband returned to the hospital. Savita reported to the hospital staff. She said she believed that she felt something coming down and stated that she felt she had to push a leg back in. No. Mm-hmm. And she's... 17 weeks. Right, it's 17 weeks when she passed, so it's like 16 right now. She was taken to the review room, which is, I guess, like one of the examination rooms, um, and she was examined. It was reported that there was nothing to be seen externally when the doctor pulled out the lovely little whatever the fuck it's called. The duck. The duck. (laughs) Every female knows what that is. Uh, (laughs) I hate it. They said that the membranes were bulging. So, like, they couldn't check her cervix or how far, how much she was dilated or anything like that because the sac was protruding. That's not normal, correct? No, it's not normal. I mean, I'm not a doctor. No, it's not normal. But I had two kids. Yeah. And I no, don't feel like normal that's normal. Okay. Um, so, this doctor went to another doctor and they discussed it. <laughs> they didn't want to do a further, like, examination because they were afraid that if they were to scrape the membranes or anything, then the sac would rupture and pregnancy loss would be inevitable. So... Another doctor comes in, and they attempt to, again, the membranes were bulging. And almost at the entrance of the vagina. Yeah, that's not good. So she wasn't kidding when she said she had to push something back in. Yeah. At this time, the there was documentation that said there was an impression that the documented impression... Of the reviewing doctor was the pregnancy loss was inevitable or impending. And it was considered that a rescue something was... They couldn't do anything to prevent the miscarriage. So they knew it was going to happen. They knew it was going to happen. Because apparently, at this time, I don't know if this is normal or practice, um, (laughs) but they in the notes it was like, they could potentially sew the cervix close, not closed, but like close it up a little bit more. Like strengthen the wall? Yeah. Um, to hopefully prevent a miscarriage, but they weren't able to do that because the bulging was too much. Yeah. So at this time it was discussed with Savita and her husband Praveen that the conservative man that the conservative management wait and see what will happen naturally is what would be happening. So they knew that there was going to be a miscarriage, yet it was a wait and see kind of action. They didn't discharge her, did they? Mm-mm. No. They made a statement about, this is again in, in the hospital notes, the doctor made a statement about how it would be a matter of hours before they couldn't find the, the baby's heartbeat. And no other forms of management were discussed. Not anything. So they weren't given options. They weren't given options. They were just told. Yep. 
just sit there, pretty much. So she was admitted into the hospital to await events. At this time, they made arrangements for, um, like, blood draws and all of that stuff to kind of keep an eye on the risk of bleeding or potential issues. And then it was specifically noted at this time there was no concern of infection. Around an hour and a half later, a midwife brought in pain medication and she accepted it because she was in pain. And it was noted that she did not appear sick. Oh, the nice face she made there, Sam. Oh, if they could just see my face today. <laughs> so, vitals are apparently supposed to be taken, like, every four hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, monitored very frequently. Mm-hmm. Especially on cases like this where you know that there's there's a potential for for some extreme risks. And they this did is, not. This is 2012, Right. Yeah. Like, it's not like it wasn't advanced. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to go into, like, detail in each of these because it, it seems slightly ridiculous, but they were not consistent on this every four-hour things. Sometimes it was two, sometimes it was ten, sometimes it was twelve. The next day, which was Monday the 22nd, she ended up getting sick, and she... It was noted that she vomited a significant amount and had a spontaneous rupture of membranes, meaning that the amniotic sac had ruptured. Mm -hmm. They made notes at this time that there was no odor or anything coming from from the fluid. What does that mean if there's odor? If there's odor, then there's more of a potential for... um, Infection? Infections and things like that. So, vitals were taken again. She was examined again. But nobody was really concerned at this time. Because it was inevitable. It was going to happen. Like, she was going to have a miscarriage. So as they keep going, they they have these rounds. They check all of the things and and whatever. She is a fucking trooper for dealing with all this shit. Because they just keep coming in, poking and prodding. And it's like, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. You're just going to stay here. We're going to wait and see. Yeah. So on Monday the 22nd, they went in and they checked the heartbeat. The heartbeat was still there, so they continued the conservative wait-and-see method. At this time, her heart rate was up, her blood pressure was down, and oxygen was normal. This was Monday. It slowly deteriorates (laughs) over the next several days. And if I were to take you through every single one of these notes, which, by the way, there's eight pages, and I'm not going to do that to you because it would be fucking terrible for you, it just, it gets worse. Her, Her temperature continues to rise, Mm -hmm. which, if I'm not mistaken, happens to be a... Sign of infection? Sign of infection. Because the fever is trying to Mm -hmm. fight it off. Yeah. Her heart rate lowers significantly, and her blood pressure lowers (laughs) significantly. And each time, as I'm going, as I went through every, each day, there was signs. They just weren't paying attention, or they weren't listening to the nurses. Because the nurses seem to be there more frequently than the doctors, obviously. Like, that's how it normally goes, right? Mm -hmm. By Tuesday, she slowly, slowly getting worse. But since she didn't look sick, they didn't really do anything. She, at one point, had a very high temperature and she was shaking, like, uncontrollably. Kind of like you're in shock or something. Yeah. You know? But then the nurse wrote it off as... The radiator was 
the the heater in the in the room was stone cold. So she was obviously freezing because of that. On Tuesday, because they've been there since Sunday, Sunday evening or so, they were talking to the doctor, and it was noted that Praveen and Savita asked about medications to induce miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Because she was obviously in pain, and at that point they had kind of accept- accepted that this is what was going to happen. Right. The physician or nurse, whichever it was told them, under Irish law, if there's no evidence of risk of life to the mother, our hands are tied so long as there's a fetal heart. This professional told them that if the risk to her was to increase, termination would be possible. But it would be based on actual risk, not a theoretical risk of infection. We can't predict who is going to get an infection. What? Because at this point in time, there was such a... um, such strict laws on abortion, mm-hmm. which is how they saw this right here. It wasn't it wasn't to prevent the death of a mother at this point. It was to prevent the death of a baby. Yeah. But they already knew that the baby was going to be miscarried right. anyways. Like, they knew it was inevitable. Mm-hmm. They were just waiting mm-hmm. and watching her die. Yep. Her pulse rate was, was higher at this point. Blood pressure was lower than admission. Her fever was pretty constant throughout this entire thing. By the middle of Tuesday, they started paying attention more to her her oxygen levels, which was surprising to me just because like they didn't seem to give a fuck before. Also, there were random notes from the nurses saying they had tried to contact a specific doctor about whether it was the o- uh, OB or just the general physician or whatever to check on her for whatever symptoms she was having. And it was hours later that they would ever respond to that. Again, high-risk person here. I don't fucking understand. Yeah, I don't understand either. Around 9 o'clock that night is when the nurse said, hey, you need to check on her. Her her, Her pulse is high. Her blood pressure is low. Her respiratory rate is low. Check on her. Yeah. 1 o'clock... The next morning is when the doctor finally made their way over. But, because she was sleeping, they chose not to wake her. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in the hospital with my kids, like, it was every five seconds it felt like somebody was coming in and poking and prodding me. Yeah, I had my daughter in 2012, and they most definitely was poking and prodding me every... And I was high risk. Like, I had... They had to induce me early because my blood pressure was way too high. I actually, my, like, my gallbladder was super fucked up, so they had to take my gallbladder out. Like, it was bad. I was having really bad spasms, gallbladder, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I had gallstones, all that bullshit. So, yeah, it was, yeah. (laughs) I didn't gain any weight with Hayden because my gallbladder was just so fucked up. I actually lost weight. Nobody knew, yeah, nobody knew I was pregnant at all. Nobody. Sorry, keep going. No worries. I mean, it, it goes along with it, though. I, and I realize that there are two different countries. Like, we are in the U.S., they are in Ireland. Things are slightly different. In general terms, when there's a high-risk pregnancy or whatever, or potential inevitable miscarriage, they're going to pay attention to it. Or at least mm-hmm. they should. Yeah. This was the day that they decided that the heater in the room was not on. She was She was cold because of that. Not because she was uh, starting the beginnings or had already 
had the beginnings of sepsis starting. Yeah. This sounds like... Because her mental her mental status was fine. She was alert and communicating with them. So did she... So did they... Well, I know I'm jumping ahead, but do no, they um, say where the infection started? Because it sounds like it was a kidney infection. It wasn't? No, it's absolutely sepsis because they allowed that the fetus to stay in her body for entirely too long. Right, but... Yeah, it wasn't her kidney. It was... It was it was just, it was an infection started. infection because of that. Okay, okay. Just from where it was, like, in her back, like she said that it was in her back, that's where normally kidney infection well, starts. I, I, I think the problem was that her body was not ready to deliver. Right. But it was delivering. was still coming out. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That was, that was the problem. So okay. anyway, her, her, again, temperature continued to spike. Heart rate jumped dramatically. Um, like 166. Yeah, infection. Uh, yeah. Oxygen was going down. Her blood pressure was way down. Mm-hmm. And so they they took her and did some testing, like the EK, the ECG or EKG, whatever the fuck it is. All of the stuff to try to see if there's an infection. They took, they took swabs. They started on antibiotics, but not soon enough. And not the proper antibiotics for what was going on with her. So they decided on, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. They decided on Wednesday that to, to diagnose her with choreo amniotesis, something of the sort. Mm -hmm. And so their plan was to begin antibiotics Wednesday on Wednesday to start antibiotics. Mm -hmm. She's been there since Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, they, they started on antibiotics, start, kept fluids going, started a few other piddly little things that they decided was going to help. They discussed as a team that if she didn't improve, she would be induced. So she slowly, she just continues to decline. And by Thursday, she was put in to ICU. And eventually... But before she could be placed into the ICU, she was transferred to an operating room because um, I think they were going to start a, a monitoring line to make sure everything was okay. But instead of that, she ended up delivering, like on her own without their without their help. So is that when they smelt the odor? No, they should have at that point, but no. They, it was just, it was just weird because there are certain things that were added in after the fact. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're supposed to keep up with, with notes and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and they do, or at least they try to keep very accurate notes within that day. But sometimes it's added days later or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was one very specific note that was added later uh, about the odor. I'm all, again, all over this place, all over the place with this because I, I jumped 15,000 places. Yeah. Anywho. That's. <laughs> That's one thing, so, like, we talked about before, I'm, like, super, like, chill. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't make waves if somebody. Well, that's what happened here. Yes. She was trusting the doctors to mm-hmm. keep her safe. My mom would have raised ten shades of hell. Yeah. Like, that's one, like, me and my mom have a rocky relationship, but that is one thing I can say about her. She would not have let that happen. No. She would have 
get been getting the antibiotics for me. Yeah. She would have reached up probably into my vagina and <laughs> took the baby out. Like, I'm not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? I completely understand. And, and, and I hate. in the same position with my mom. And unfortunately, her parents were in India. Right. They weren't there. And and this was their first child, so they really didn't know what to expect. It, exactly. Is this normal? No, it's not normal. But no, it's not normal. And well, they didn't they didn't have anybody there mm-hmm. to be a Karen for them. No. no My mom didn't. would have been a great Karen for y'all, mm-hmm. and I'm very sorry. Like, that is just awful. Sometimes it is good to be a Karen. It, it Especially when it comes to your health. Yes. So, this, this deterioration continues. She she comes out of the OR room, uh, the operating room, with uh, after delivering the baby who was not alive, and she was obviously upset. She yeah. got to see her husband for a very short time, and then she was transferred over to the ICU, like within hours of of coming out of the operating room. It was like twelve hours after she got out of the operating room that she was transferred into the ICU. At this point, she was put on. She was intubated. Mm-hmm. They finally got the cultures and things back saying, yes, she had an infection, but it was too late. She was sepsis. Severe. So she, so that was, that was Thursday. Friday, still in the ICU, on the ventilator, um, intubated, all of, all of these things. She, they had to increase, increase her oxygen, uh, supplements, like supplement her oxygen with, uh, things because her lungs were were not working as well as they should have been had she been healthy. On Saturday, she was described in the notes as critically unwell. During her time in the ICU, she began early stages of renal failure. They started medication for for that. Again, too late. On Saturday the 28th, she suffered a cardiac arrest at 12.45 a.m. They attempted to bring her back, and unfortunately, she was pronounced dead. At 1.09 a.m. And what bothers me more than anything is that hours before she had her cardiac arrest, her husband had gone home to shower and take care of himself, essentially. Because he's been in the hospital with her this entire fucking right. time. They had called him and said that hours before this, that she was the, they were transferring her to the ICU, or they had transferred her, whatever. And... She was in critical condition, but she was stable Stable. at that time. So he's like, okay, they're taking care of her. And he hasn't, he didn't get to speak to her again. So after, after this happened, and I'll get into it a little bit more with, with his actual statements, everybody at the hospitals, the staff, the doctors, the nurses, everybody offered their condolences. And the director of the hospital wrote a letter to him, to Praveen, explaining that there would be an investigation. Bereavement counseling was offered to him, because that's kind of standard. And the investigation began. They attempted to get him to be involved in the investigation. Within a month of losing his wife and child... The hospital. The hospital did. Then he refused. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Probably would have burnt the fucking hospital down. No, not really, but... I... I... mm. So, before the investigation was over, he and her her parents got involved with an attorney, and that attorney was able to deal with the investigation. So, getting Good. information from them, make sure that the investigation was taken care of. Yeah. So, obviously, the hospital um, made changes to the 
to the care of patients, thankfully, I guess. I, I don't know. This is a bunch of bullshit. Like, it should have never happened. No, it should They have. had things in place to ensure the safety of their patients, and they did not follow them. Mm-mm. Not one time did they look at this woman and realize what was going on, but if you looked at the chart, you would have seen. You would have seen the decline in her health, and they should have prevented that. They could have prevented that. So, I mean, an infection is literally one of the things that are easily taken care of. Mm-hmm. Antibiotics. Bam. 2012. I mean, this isn't... Starting them early. There's no reason. There's no reason for it. I was recently, you know, in the ER yeah. for a kidney infection. And they started me on antibiotics, right? Immediately. But... You were allergic to those antibiotics, weren't you? <laughs> no. No, I wasn't. <laughs> That would have been funny, though. <laughs> um, instead of putting them into my vein, they pumped it into my arm. Mm. So my arm looked like Papa. <laughs> nice. According to the IrishCentral.com, Savita and her husband were both native to India. They were working in Galway at the time of her death. Praveen interviewed by the Irish Times about his wife's final days. And this was how he... This is how it was reported oh, in shit. his words. After being admitted into the hospital, the couple was told that the cervix was fully dilated, amniotic fluid was leaking, and unfortunately the baby would not survive. The doctor reportedly told them it would be a matter of hours. However, the baby's heartbeat lasted for another three days. Savita was, and this is in quotes, this part is, Savita was really in agony. She was very upset, but she accepted she was losing the baby. On Monday morning, Savita asked if they could induce to end the pregnancy. The, co- the consultant at the time said, as long as there is a fetal heartbeat, we, can, we can't do anything. Again, on Tuesday morning, Savita asked again. Asked. The consultant said it was the law that this is a Catholic country. Savita said, I'm, I'm neither Irish nor Catholic, but they said they, there was still nothing they could do. That evening, she developed shakes and shivering, and she was vomiting. She went to use the toilet and collapsed. There were big alarms, and the doctor took bloods and started on her antibiotics. The next morning, I said she was so sick and asked again. He asked for the third time that they that they just end it, but they said they couldn't. A few hours later, later the heartbeat, the fetal heartbeat ceased, and Savita was taken into an operating room where she had to deal with the traumatic event of delivering the baby. When she came out, she was talking okay, but was very sick. And in quotes, that was the last time I spoke to her. At 11 p.m. that night, Praveen received a phone call from the hospital. They said they were shifting her to intensive care. Her heart and pulse were low. Her temperature was high. She was sedated and critical, but stable. She stayed stable on Friday, but by 7 p.m. on Saturday, they said her heart, kidneys, and liver weren't functioning. She was critically ill. That night we lost her. But, as in most of, most deaths that are exceedingly tragic, there is a light at the end. Because their death potentially helps others. Savita's death was one of the factors that led... (laughs) Yeah, I've been trying not to. (laughs) Told you it was going to happen. That is really, it's just awful. And... So stupid. 
I just wish somebody was there that would have kicked somebody's ass. And neither, neither one of them knew. Yeah, they didn't know. And that, that would have been me. Like, I'm so passive. Like, I would have just been like, this is fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. <laughs> it's not fine. No. no and they didn't have anybody. They didn't have anybody to fight for them. And, and the problem is, they did this investigation and they, the doctors specifically said, this is, this is Irish country. This is, this is Catholic country, right? Yeah. According to the investigation, just because it is, they essentially said the doctor was wrong and that they waited too long, but the doctor interpreted the the law as they could do nothing until that fetal heartbeat ceased. There was nothing left. And that's what they waited for. Right. Let's move on to that silver lining, maybe. Yeah. All right. So, Savita's death was one of the factors that led to the repeal of Ireland's Eighth Amendment, which, and I quote this from the Irish Times or whatever I was reading, which acknowledged the rights, the right to life of the unborn and with due regard to the equal right to life of the mother, guaranteed in its law to respect and as far as practicable, something, anyway, uh, (laughs) by, by its laws to defend and vindicate that right. So essentially, the right of the fetus and the mother were on equal terms. Right. You couldn't dispose of either one without having issues with this with the Eighth Amendment. Savita's father, I would love to be able to say his name and not butcher it, but I'm going to refer to him as Savita's father, said, I hope that the people in Ireland will remember the fate of our daughter Savita on the day of the referendum and vote yes so that what happened to us won't happen to other families on may 25th 2018 the republic of ireland voted 66.4 percent in favor of repealing the eighth amendment in in those situations at this point it it can officially they can they can take control and yeah. and do what they need to do to make sure that the mother lives and in September 2018, the Health Regulation of Termination of Pregnancy Bill of 2018 was initiated by the Irish government seeking to legalize abortion in the country for the first time for non-life-threatening reasons. The legislation was signed into law by President Michael D. Higgins on December 5th, 2018. I'm sorry. I told you there would be tears and anger and frustration and... This is exactly why we don't need more abortion laws. Because if you put more pressure on the doctors that are supposed to be saving the lives of the mothers and the children... They're gonna, they're gonna do less to cover their asses. They're going to do less and cite the laws and the bills and legislation saying, My hands are tied. I can't do anything. And more people are gonna die. That is what's gonna happen. If we continue this bill that's in the state senate or the House of Representatives right now, that is what's going to happen in the state of Tennessee. So obviously this is a uh, full T-Rex episode. Abortion is a gray area. There are certain lines that people agree on. Nobody wants to acknowledge what those lines are and then move forward. Nobody does. Nobody wants to have this, this conversation to discuss what would be best for the individuals. And not every situation is the same. Yeah. Definitely not every situation is the same. 
Well, if you don't hear from me tomorrow, it's because the sniper got me. <laughs> if I don't hear from you tomorrow, I'm just going to assume you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Never. Just that FBI government guy has been following me and he's probably going to take me out now. <laughs> well, they probably already listen on the phone. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you want to hear my... Um, so this... Oh, yeah, you're going to tell me your story. Okay, so I was working today and... You heard some lyrics wrong. No, this is a different one. Oh. I'm going to show you a picture real quick. Okay. All right. So I had to read this document that was handwritten by somebody. And they had like this weird, really weird handwriting. Like it was half the, half the letters in a word were capitalized. The other half weren't. It was just kind of mix and match. Just odd. And so I come across this, this word. The? No. Tight. Okay. What is it? Is it tight or the? It's the. It's gone. Oh, sorry. It's it's the word the, but because the H that was capitalized in the middle of the fucking word <laughs> was not connected. Yeah, it looks like tight. Okay, you saw tight, I saw tight, and then I was like, where is it tit? <laughs> and there's, then she... there's no E in tit. Um, But there is... If you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, I saw this, and then... Tit E. Three... Mm, no. On the third page, I finally figured out what the fuck it was, but not before I saw another word that was very close to this, and it was... I saw T-I-T-E-Y, so I was like... Titty? Who the fuck's Titty? <laughs> so, they. I turned around and I was like, what the hell does this say? And the little guy's like, I have no idea. I was like, cool, cool, cool. So I turned the page and I'm continuing. I'm like, what the fuck? It's thee. It's they. It's not Titty. It's they. <laughs> I died laughing for 30 minutes on that. Ooh, dim titties. Mmm, dim titties. And then the song. Yeah. Let's, let me, I would like to know the song that you me, fucked up. What, oh, it's what so lyrics? stupid. It's, oh. Fall Out Boy, Sugar, We're Going Down. Oh, well, yeah. All, everybody doesn't know that song. Okay, but for years. I mean, I know the lyrics now. Yeah, I had. I, I, loaded, I, loaded God Complex, Cock It and Bullet. Yeah. Is that what? There was that part that got me. Uh-huh. Because I always thought it said gun. And no. I did, mm-hmm. but. Whatever. God complex. No, it's like, we're going down, down. Then there's that little bit that's not very clear with the, the words. And I always went, going down, down, do, 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 No joke. That's how I've done it for years. Don't know why. I was like, why the fuck did they do that? But you know what? Whatever. I'm going to go over here and do, do, do. So you didn't even sing actual words? No. Not to that part. Not to that very, very small part. No. I'm an idiot. I know I am, and it's totally fine. I'm okay with this. <laughs> Going down, down. In an earlier round. Sugar, we're coming down. Swank them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're number one in the bullet? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I get distracted by the... the I know it's... Um, but it's in an earlier round, that part that I was singing all nonsensical bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, um, <laughs> shit, now I can't think of the other song I'm thinking of. You're gonna have to cut me out singing. 
Sam can sing. I cannot. Ah, uh, no. Yeah, you can. No. Mm-hmm. So can your mom. Y'all just fucking know how to do everything. Sam knows how to fucking cook. Sam is like super ADHD and can fucking research these badass podcasts. Bad motherfucking cases. What that yeah, is. very. What else? She can sing. She can paint. But yeah, I would go. We're going down, down, didn't do what. Didn't do That's exactly how it went every time. Every single time. But it's like, we're going down, down, and earlier round. That's what it's supposed to say. That's what, that's what Sugar, we're going down swinging. Uh-huh. Something about number one with a bullet. Yeah. Load of God complex cocking in bullet. Uh-huh. I'll it. be your number one with a bullet. There you go. Yep. I know something number one with a bullet. I used to be emo. I still am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a cheery little bitch sometimes, though. <laughs> I like to confuse the masses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hopped up on Mountain Dew. No, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I'm going at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's my stupidity for the day. If I, I hope that cheered you up just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you're doing on uh, social media stuff. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say Paige is fantastic and she's the one that's doing all the things on all the Instagram and the, the, the Twitter and the, the Facebook. I'm an old bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're like a year older than me. Yeah, I'm a year older than you. But it's, but no, I just, I, I have no fucking clue what you're doing. But whatever you're doing, it's amazing. And all the shit that you come up with, because you create the, sh- the, the, the photos and, and, all of that stuff that goes along with our, our stuff. It's fantastic. And I love it so much. Stop it. No, I will not. Stop You're it. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how, that's how we divide uh, our responsibilities. She does all the, the, the creative things over there with all the social media stuff. One of these days you're going to have to tell people what you say, what you think every time I say socials, by the way. Uh, let's not. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, guessing. Say social to me again. Social. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I do the editing. Yes. Because I'm shit. I'm a shit editor. Uh, she's not a shit editor. She's Thanks for sticking around to her this point. Be ADHD sure to share our dumb asses um, with your friends, family, family or even a no, random person. Not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. person. Though I'm not entirely sure I recommend that. Sam, tell them where they can find us. Every fucking where. <laughs> no. Uh, you can find us on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. And where can you listen to our dumb asses? Everywhere. Seriously, all the major uh, platforms that you get your podcast, we are most likely there. And if we're not, let us know and we'll try to make it happen. You can reach us at any of the social and at M3, that's the number three, truecrimepod at gmail.com. For your ear hole enjoyment. <laughs> For your ear hole enjoyment.